You know, I really loved the time that we have had um, in online house church worship uh, for those many, many weeks that we've done that, and we continue to do that. And there are some of you right now that are watching that are still doing that. And uh, I, I'm, I'm so thankful for the technology that we have available to us. Um, and we're continuing to upgrade that to, to, in, to improve that experience. Um, and I say all that to say, man, I really enjoy, I'm just being honest, I really enjoy worshiping together in a room like this, hearing you guys sing, seeing you guys raise your hands, and just seeing the, the Spirit of God move throughout this room. Isn't that an awesome thing? So good. So good. Well, listen, we have been uh, in a series for the last couple weeks on legacy, and it's been really incredible because what it has done, at least what it's done for me, is it has given me more of a bird's eye view, more of a big picture perspective of my life. And I don't know about you guys, but I need that. I need that on a regular basis because circumstances and situations in life constantly try to pull you down into the details, and sometimes that can uh, kind of eliminate your ability to see things for what they are. Thinking about the idea of a legacy that we leave, a legacy that we build, a legacy that's unfolding in our life, it has helped me to see my life in that way, and I'm, I'm sure it has for you too. So like the last couple weeks, we've got to see a little bit of a glimpse into Pastor Sean's legacy that's unfolding, and we've seen how important it's been that there have been key people at the right place, at the right time in his life. So week one, we saw a video with him talking to his dad. We saw the effect that that had on his legacy. And then last week, we saw Linda Buckle, and we, we got a little bit of a glimpse into the impact that she had. And so I think that that's been important to see because those people have both had, and I know there are many others too, but those people have both had a big impact on Pastor Sean's journey, right? And the idea of a legacy being like a journey is something that I want to kind of latch on to and hold on to uh, this weekend as we talk about this. A legacy is like a long journey, but instead of spanning a physical distance, it spans time and generations. And it's, it's also something bigger than just your time here on this earth. It's bigger than that. It goes beyond that. And so it's like a really long journey that you have a part to play in when we're talking about the idea of a legacy. And uh, you come along on one arm or leg of the journey, and you are here for a while, and then you pass on, but what impact do you leave? What legacy do you leave? So a legacy can be limited to a family tree. You know, you see that sometimes, you know, a, 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 a grandfather passes something on to a daughter who passes something on to a son who passes something on 
to a daughter, and you see the effects of a legacy moving through a family tree. But a legacy can also be outside of a family tree, too. It can be bigger than just a family tree. But your legacy, like I said, is really just one leg of a journey that is bigger than the span of your life. And I want to zero in on that comparison because uh, both a legacy and a journey play out over the course of time, right? So think about that. In both cases, it's not just a single event. It's not just one thing that happened you can point to, oh, that one time that thing happened, that's my legacy. No, it's something that plays out over the course of time. And in both cases, decision points set direction, and direction determines destination. Let me say that again. In both, in both cases, decision points set direction, and direction determines destination. Think about it like this. So go back to the idea of a journey. Let's just say I wanted to go to Colorado. And as it happens, I do want to go to Colorado. But let's say I'm going to Colorado, and I'm not going to Colorado. But I'm going to travel for a long time on one highway, on I-70, right? And I'm going to have a long, boring trip that doesn't veer to the left or the right or the north or the south, but I'm just going to keep going for a really long time. But there will be a certain point, maybe when I get in around Denver or somewhere, where I need to decide what my destination is, right? Do I want to go down to Colorado Springs? Do I want to go up into the mountains? And there is a certain point where I'm going to have to make a decision that's going to affect my direction, and that's going to determine my destination. Okay. Your legacy that's unfolding is exactly the same way. It plays out the same way. So what causes this legacy to unfold in this way? It's, it's, it's what I want to talk about tonight is pivot points. There are pivot points in your legacy, pivot points in your journey. So I'm talking about forks in the road, right? Do you go through uh, door number one? Do you go through door number two? And there are these critically super, super important pivot points that happen in your journey that you have to be aware of. And uh, Proverbs 16.9 says this. It says, a, man, a man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. A man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life. I've got a plan. I know where I want to go. I know what I want to do. But we should be in cooperation with God. We should be doing this together with God. The Lord directs his steps and establishes them. The Living Bible says it this way, real simple and plain. We should make plans counting on God to direct us. Counting on God to direct us. So we do count on God. To direct us. We count on God. But how does he direct us? And so I think any of you who stop and think about it, you're going to realize that 
one of the primary, if not the primary way that God directs us is through other people, through other people. So I've got just two points tonight, just two, and then you can go blow things up. But my first point is this, God will use others to help you through the pivot points. God will use others to help you through the pivot points. If you go back and you go online and you watch uh, Pastor Sean's first two messages in this series and you listen to those conversations with his dad and with Linda Buckle, you will see how there were pivot points in his life and how God used others to help him at those crucial moments. So God will use others to help you through the pivot points. And many times, God speaks to us through others. Now, he can speak to you directly, of course, right? He can do that, and sometimes he will do that. He's done that with me. Uh, But I'm going to say this, for every time that I've heard God speak to me directly and say, Aaron, you need to go do this thing or that thing, there have been many, many more times that I've recognized God speaking through someone else. Because here's the thing, God will often choose to use the system that he put in place to communicate with us, which we call the body of Christ, right? And so a lot of times God will move through that system and he will speak through others. Now it requires discernment, understanding and wisdom. But this is how God will move a lot of times. So um, God will use someone else to speak wisdom and insight into that pivot point in your life. Proverbs 15, 23 says this, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. So that's the word that comes at the pivot point of your life. Now, a pivot point can be a lot of different things. It's basically a decision point. And and sometimes you're going to recognize that they're really significant and really important. And sometimes you're not going to realize that it's a really big decision you're making, but it has repercussions that affect things all the way down the line. But oftentimes there will be a word in due season. Listen to, again, let's go back to Living Bible. Listen to that same verse. Proverbs 15, 23 from the Living Bible. Everyone enjoys giving good advice and how wonderful it is to be able to say the right thing at the right time. So I could go through and share all sorts of instances of this in my life, and I'm not going to take the time to do that. But there was one really uh, significant moment. And... uh, It's kind of funny, but it was kind of a pivot point about pivot points for me. But it was kind of the moment where this whole thing started to initially make sense to me. I started to see how this works, how God works. Uh, But it was at a pivot point in my life. And so uh, this was a time where there was a lot of confusion about my purpose and my significance and my direction. And I kind of thought that I had a direction that I was going. And then some things changed and some circumstances kind of turned upside down. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't really so sure. 
anymore. And I wasn't really in doubt or fear or anything like that, but I was kind of confused, and I wasn't sure what direction I was going. It was kind of like, you know, you just felt like you kind of drifted off course. And um, I, I came across this old sermon on a cassette tape. Now, uh, if you, those of you who are watching on your device, uh, you can go ahead and take a second and Google, Google cassette tape to see what I'm talking about. But it's a little plastic thing about this big. And so there was this recording of this sermon on this cassette tape. I don't even know where I found it. It was in like a box of old stuff. But it was a sermon about David in the Bible and how he had been anointed to be king. And I listened to this sermon. I just popped it in and listened to it while I was driving around. And I just started hearing God speak to me. Um, and David was actually anointed to be king three different times. And this anointing was tied to David's calling and his purpose. So immediately I had this connection here. You know, I was, I was kind of confused about my calling and my purpose. And I was listening to this message about David's calling and his purpose. And just for the, the context of what we're talking about here, when I say anointed, um, we're, we're talking about the, the intent and the purpose of this anointing that happened to David was being set apart for the calling and the purposes of God. And so in the context of what we're talking about, you could say that for David to be anointed, it was kind of like David was being appointed, okay? So you can kind of switch those words out. It's not that simplistic, and there's more to it than that. But just for what we're talking about tonight, you could kind of switch out anointed with appointed. So there, was these, there were these three places where David was anointed or appointed for a divine purpose. And uh, there's some significance here. I want to just read these individual verses real quick to you to give you the context. 1 Samuel 16, 13 says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. 2 Samuel 2, 4 says, And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And then 2 Samuel 5, 3. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. So you have three different times where David is anointed king over Israel. You buy Samuel, by the men of Judah, by the elders of Israel. And there are significant... Um, interesting reasons why those three, you know, different times happened, why it, were, why it was those, that group of people that did it. But each one came at a significant time, at a pivot point for David, um, and affected his life and consequently the people of God. But the big point here is, and this is what made an impact on me, thinking about my life, you thinking about your life, is that in each case, his anointing was in the hands of someone else. In each case, this calling and this purpose that David 
uh, had felt from God and, or had been told about, there were others that were involved in this coming to pass. The, his anointing were in other people's hands. So going back to that time when I listened to this old sermon, I was so frustrated because I couldn't think of a way to make God's will materialize in my life. I couldn't think of a way to force it to happen. I had the calling. I had a desire that God had put in my heart to serve him in a certain way. But I could not think of a way to make it happen. And as I began to listen to this sermon again and again and again, God began to speak to me and show me that uh, he had other people involved in my purpose and my destiny and my calling. And God has involved other people in your purpose and your destiny and your calling. Now, the cool thing is, is as I thought about that and as that reality began to set in, a funny thing happened as I looked back over my life up to that point. And it's like all of a sudden, I begin to see this truth or this reality of God using other people to help me through pivot points. I begin to see this pattern emerge all through my life again and again and again. Things that I didn't realize before. I, did, I didn't see it clearly before, but now it's like this pattern begin to emerge. And going all the way back, and I'm sure it goes back there, I'm sure there are things I couldn't see, but going all the way back to when I was 13 years old and God told my dad to, to buy me a guitar, that one decision affected everything on down the line. It, it affected uh, what I studied in school. It affected the first, my first job. It affected uh, what I got a degree in in college. It affected where I went to church, which subsequently affected meeting my wife, which, I mean, it's, and it still has an effect to this day. Now, what, you know, you could say, well, what if you didn't learn guitar then? What if you just waited a year? I don't know. All I know is that at that moment, it was a pivot point that affected the way everything played out after that. I've got a little illustration here, and I'm not going to go into what all of these mean. <laughs> but each one of these names, so down at the bottom there, I've got Dad in purple. And that's the, that's the pivot point where I got my first guitar. And that changed things. That gave me a purpose, a goal, a direction. It was a God thing. Every one of those names going on up the line represents a pivot point in my life and a person that God placed at that pivot point and helped me walk on that path that God called me on. And those are all, I didn't just make up arbitrary names, those are all real people, real situations. And in each circumstance, you can see how it breaks off to a question mark. Well, I don't know what the question mark is. Because I didn't make the other choice, right? Now, I, I could, I do have examples of where there were pivot points in my life where I made the wrong choice, where I know God was calling me to do something or to not do something, and I decided to go a different direction. And guess what? Every time I did that, it took me into 
a hard season. It took me into hard times that required a lot of repentance, required a lot of humility. And God is always gracious and he's always faithful to lead us right back onto his path for our life. Uh, anytime we use our free will to make a bad decision, but it's not fun to make bad decisions. So we have to be, it's so important to be walking closely with the Holy Spirit, to be hearing, recognizing his voice, um, because as we reach each one of these pivot points, he's going to be there and he's many, many times going to speak through someone else to help us make the right choice, walk through door number one or door number two. And then the other reason is it's also important to be able to recognize God's voice to be able to know when God is not telling you to do something because that's going to be something just as often that you're going to encounter. So what if you have a big decision coming up? Should I take this job? Should I move? Should I do this thing? Or maybe it seems like, should I buy this car? I don't know what it might be. And you've got somebody saying, I think you should do this. I think you should go this way or do this thing. You have to be able to recognize the voice of God. You have to be able to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit, whether or not there's a confirmation um, of that being God's will. You heard people say, everything happens for a reason. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Everything happens for a reason. I'm the only person that ever heard anybody say that. Well, that's everything happens for a reason, so. No, you know what? I agree with that. I do think everything happens for a reason. What I don't agree with is that the reason is always God, right? Because sometimes the reason things happen is because we just made the wrong choice. And so we have to be careful that we don't fall into like a fatalistic way of thinking that, you know, well, whatever pivot point, whatever way I went in that pivot point, it must be God's will because I did it, right? That's not how it works. God wants us to go through one door or another, but he'll guide us through it. But here's the thing. Is this, you just have to invest time in your relationship with God. Invest time putting uh, his word in your heart, invest time in prayer, invest time in his presence through worship, and you'll begin to hear uh, his voice. You'll begin to, to, you know, understand what his voice sounds like. And that's what you're going to need to be able to walk through these times. So I want to keep talking about some David pivot points. But rather than King David... I have one that's about my son, David. And uh, I was working on this message. I thought about this thing that just happened recently. And so we decided to sit down together and shoot a little video to kind of tell you the story of what happened. And I think you'll like it. So let's go ahead and show the video. So we're talking about pivot points. We're talking about these moments in your life where something changes. You, you reach a fork in the road, you can go this way or you can go that way. And God puts people in our path at those moments to help us go in the right direction. So anyway, something happened here with David in the last week or so 
that as I was preparing this message, I, I, I thought about this thing that happened with David, and I thought it'd be perfect to talk about uh, in context of what's going on here. So here's what was going on. David was having these dreams. He was having these reoccurring nightmares. And it wasn't always the same dream, but some of the same elements were in these dreams. And so he was struggling with it. It was kind of creating some fear. He was afraid of the dark. And so he came to Sarah and told her about it. And so then Sarah pulled me into this conversation. Well, it made me think about a time when I was a kid and a really similar thing happened with me. And I had been afraid of, you know, the enemy, the devil, uh, evil spirits, the dark and things like that. And God really set me free one night in particular. I remember it really clearly really specifically. And for me, it was a major pivot point because after that moment, I didn't have fear anymore. I mean, it was literally like night and day. And so I was thinking about this in context with David and uh, we prayed for you, right? Yeah. And we prayed for the, the, all the fear to go. We prayed for the Holy Spirit to fill you. And um, something really powerful happened that night. I could sense the presence of God. Could you sense the presence of God? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a really cool deal. And then he had another dream uh, just a couple days later, right? Yeah. Now, so after all these bad dreams that you'd been having, we prayed for you. Tell us about the dream that you had a couple days later. Okay. Um. So I was in a truck with random people I do not know. Then the devil came and he said, if you follow me, I'll give you a sandwich. And I was like, no. And then I was gonna sing, I was singing the Defender. Defender? Yeah. And then he walked away. Okay, so let's just get this straight. You'd been having all these bad dreams, right? It was yeah. not a good thing. It was a scary thing. We all prayed, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next time you had one of these bad dreams, the devil comes along. He says, you follow me. If you follow me, I'll give you a sandwich. I'm trying to tempt you with a sandwich. And you say, no way. And instead, you sing a worship song and the devil runs away. Is that right? Yeah. So doesn't that seem like that's a pivot point? But the cool thing is that beyond that just being an awesome pivot point, Sarah and I got to be a part of that pivot point in David's life. And do you feel different now when it comes to being afraid of dreams or afraid of the dark? I mean, you feel better now, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so praise God. That's an awesome thing, and that can happen. God can use us to be a part of somebody else's pivot point. That's right. Yes. So the moral of the story is, if the devil comes to you and says, follow me, and I'll give you a sandwich, you sing a worship song, and he will run away. Right? There's no sandwich that good. Yeah, amen. But the... the the, the real point there behind that story for what we're talking about tonight is what happened with him is really similar to something that happened with me. Now, when it, when, I, when it happened with me, it was just something in the middle of the night. It's like God showed up, 
showed me a revelation of something and, and things changed. And it just kind of happened by myself, you know. But Sarah and I were able to be a part of something really similar with David where, a, you know, really a spirit of fear was broken off of him and we got to be a part of it. And so this is how this works. Uh, you, can, you can ready yourself. You can become uh, a truth carrier, really. You guys remember last week Pastor Sean talking about in, in the, the message on legacy levels that sometimes God will send a truth carrier into your life. Well, you could become a truth carrier for someone else's life in their pivot point. And so it sure felt good for Sarah and I to be able to be a part of that. So point number one was that God uh, will use others to help you through your pivot point. Point number two is God will use you to help others through their pivot points. And this is something that I think is so awesome about how the kingdom of God works. It's a principle that we see in action over and over and over in one situation and in another situation where God is a giver and we are receivers and God will give us good things. We just sang about that tonight. But then the principle continues on and it's like this, there's this principle of overflow, right? Where you get so full that the goodness is just coming out everywhere and you become a giver, so, and then other people become receivers. And there's this principle of God gives, we receive, we give. So just as God will use others to help you through your pivot point, he'll turn around and use you to help other people through their pivot point in life, in their journey, in their legacy. So as we kind of come in for a landing here, I want to talk about in the Bible uh, how Paul describes Timothy, okay? So Paul and Timothy kind of had this spiritual father, spiritual son relationship. And Paul describes Timothy as having a genuine faith, is what call, Paul calls it, a genuine faith. And uh, if we look back at Acts 16.1, then we see that Timothy's father was Greek, and was probably not a believer. And it's likely that by the time that Paul came along and, and entered the picture, that Timothy's father was probably not uh, in the picture or didn't have a big role. I mean, there's some assumption there, but the Bible doesn't really talk much about it. Um, so where did Timothy get this knowledge of Christianity. Where did he get this knowledge that built up this genuine faith? And so Acts 16.1 also talks about his mother. And it says that Timothy's mother was a Jewish believer. And so we start to get the picture of what Timothy had as a foundation growing up. And then actually in uh, 2 Timothy, Paul talks about... Uh, Lois and Eunice. So this is his mother and his grandmother. And uh, it says in 2 Timothy uh, 2 
or wait, yeah, 2 Timothy 1.5, sorry, it says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. So not only was Timothy filled, uh, was Timothy raised by a faith-filled mother, he was raised by a faith-filled grandmother as well. So you talk about building a legacy. And then in 2 Timothy 3, we find one of the last glimpses of this family. And it says, uh, but you must remain faithful to the things that you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures uh, from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. So Lois and Eunice, his mother and his grandmother, we don't know hardly anything about them. The Bible doesn't talk a lot about them. We don't have stories about them. We don't, we don't get much of a picture of who they were. But we do know that they had a huge part to play in Timothy's legacy. And so I just want to encourage you to understand, number one, we're going to take these two points right now and kind of turn them into action steps. Uh, Number one, I want to do this. Let's just do it together. Let's first think back over the course of your life. And right now, as you begin to look back at certain key places, pivot points, I believe you're going to see many times that God placed someone at the right place at the right time to help you through a door that he opened, an opportunity that he created, a choice that you needed to make. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that, that we be aware of that, and that we have a heart of gratitude towards that. Um, Because there are people that are a part of your legacy. Just like Pastor Sean's dad or Linda Buckle or all those people along that timeline that I just put up on the screen. There are people that are a part of your legacy. So we need to take some time and thank God for that. But then number two, and this has really got me fired up. We've been in our midday prayer. By the way, you can jump on our Journey Connect group on Facebook and you can pray with us at noon every day. And we have a group of people that get together. We pray together. It's a really good time. But we've been praying throughout this week about the idea of God giving us an assignment. You know, so you like, so like the idea of starting out your day and saying, okay, God, put somebody on my heart. Put, put, an, put a name in my mind right now. Give me somebody to pray for. Give me somebody to bless today. Just set me in a direction. Set me in a Uh, you know, give me a focus for somebody. Because anytime I ever do that, God always gives me somebody to pray for. So number two, let's ask God to give us an assignment um, to place someone on our heart, put someone on our mind, Um, even the face of someone um, would come to our mind right now. And let's ask God to give us someone to encourage, someone to build up, someone to bring hope to. 
Now, I'm not releasing you to go out and be therapists and counselors or anything like that. But you can be an encourager. And you may just end up being a truth carrier that helps somebody through a pivot point. And so what I want to do is I want to pray and ask God right now. We can have the band go ahead and come back up. I want to pray and ask God right now to do that very thing. So all you need to do is have an open heart and tune your ears in and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to ask him to place somebody in your mind, on your heart, that he wants you to to bless, to pray for, to encourage. I don't have to spell out how to do that. You guys know how to do it. But let's do that right now. Are you guys with me? Can we do that? All right, let's pray. Father, right now, we just want to thank you for all of the people that you placed in our path. Over years, over seasons of our life. God, we just thank you for the goodness you've shown us, Lord, by by putting the right person at the right place at the right time. Times when we didn't really have the wisdom we needed to make a right decision. Maybe there were times we didn't have the courage or the boldness to take a step. And you put somebody in our path to just give us a little nudge. God, we just want to be aware of that and acknowledge it and appreciate you for it. And Lord, we don't just want to be a receiver. We want to be a giver. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you would place someone on our heart right now in this moment that there would be a name there would be a face that you're saying that's your person I want you to pray for them I want you to think about them I want you to get creative I want you to get outside of the box I want you to bless them I want to because Lord I know that you want to bless that person I know that you want to love that person, but you want to do it through us. And so, God, we're putting ourselves right now before you. We're submitting to you. We're surrendering to you. We're saying, Lord, we want our life to be a living sacrifice to you. And so, God, give us our assignment. Let's just take a few seconds right now. Let's just be quiet as the music plays. And listen to the Holy Spirit, and he's going to give you a name or a face right now. So God, we just, I believe that many people heard a name or saw a face. And Lord God, we just commit right now to be a blessing to that person's life, to be a strength when they need strength, encouragement, hope, maybe to just take them Chick-fil-A for lunch sometime next week. But Lord, we're making ourselves available for you to demonstrate your love and your goodness to that person's life. And Lord, we're just saying that it would be something we would love if we could be at the right place at the right time when this person really needed it and just be your agent of goodness in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand up again. We're gonna worship God one more time.